Hey, this is Jeff Loveland. Thank you for tuning in to Anchor for My Soul podcast, where we want to give a message of hope in the middle of the storm by anchoring ourselves to the Word of God. In each episode, we will grow in our spiritual walk a little more as we use the SOAP Bible study method to dive deep into the scriptures, observe what God is teaching us, apply the lessons in our daily lives, and then pray about it. I hope this encourages you today and helps you go forward with Christ. Welcome back to Anchor for My Soul podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Loveland. December 25th, 1776, in the middle of the night, George Washington led his men across the Delaware River. As the soldiers quietly came out of the wilderness, they placed their large boats on the river, climbed in, and started making their journey across the icy water on this cold, frigid winter night. With the hopes of victory at Trenton, New Jersey, and the need for a boost in morale, the soldiers kept moving forward. Although they were worn, cold, tired, and in desperate need of victory, they kept going forward, onward to victory. The dark night sky gave them cover as they crossed over to the other side. The moon allowed them to see and gave them just enough light to know where they were headed, and to see General George Washington lead the men across the river and be prepared for battle. As the large vessels cut through the water, the freezing temperature and the gusts of wind challenged the men as they went forward with the plan. Going from the wilderness into the unknown with hopes of victory and liberty in the forefront of their minds, the men continued on. Flying high above their boats were flags waving in the wind and the frozen rain that said, Do not tread on me, and an appeal to heaven. The an appeal to heaven flag was a white flag with a pine tree in the middle with all words in capitals. The pine trees were significant to the colonists due to the large trees being used for shipbuilding. Also, the pine tree was significant to several Native American tribes who sought after peace and laid down their weapons at the Tree of Peace, which led to unity in lieu of war. However, this phrase likely came from the 17th century philosopher, John Locke, who boldly wrote about the justification of a revolution or political action. In his writing, he spoke about an appeal to heaven and the need for action when he wrote the following quote, The body of the people or any single man who is deprived of their right or is under the exercise of a power without right and have no appeal on earth, then they have a liberty to appeal to heaven whenever they judge the cause of the sufficient moment. As Christians, Our movement and our moment as Christians is to boldly share the good news of Jesus Christ and to be united as one body in Christ. As mentioned in the letters by Apostle Paul in both the church at Corinth and Ephesus. Two different churches and cities, but one important message for the body of Christ. 
no matter when or where those letters are read. 1 Corinthians 12, 12 through 14 says, For just as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of the body, though many, are one body, so it is with Christ. For in the Spirit we were all baptized into one body, Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, and all were made to drink of one spirit. For the body does not consist of one member, but of many. And Ephesians 4, verses 3 through 6 reads, We must be eager to maintain the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. There is one body and one spirit, just as you are called to the one hope that belongs to your call. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. And also Ephesians 4, verses 11 through 16. And he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ, until we all attain to the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God, to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, so that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness and deceitful schemes. Rather, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ, from whom the whole body joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped. When each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. Now, I do not just sit here and speak of a revolution or a war in this nation, or even the talks of overthrowing the government, but I will sit here and share about the importance of turning back to God and making the necessary moves to make sure that we seek the Lord as a nation once again, and to find unity in the body of Christ. The very mission that the Lord has called me to. We must be a nation that has laws. We must be a nation that strives to strengthen one another instead of destroying one another. We must believe in God, trust in God, and be a nation that follows God, not political parties and not politicians. Over time, our rights to worship have been impacted. Our rights to gather have been impacted, and our right to share the word of God has been impacted. If we do not stand now for our right to worship and our right to gather as one body in Christ, then we will be forced into the wilderness. We must take a stand and we must fight for our faith and our nation. An appeal to heaven is where we can stand up and do everything possible to make things right. However, we are nothing without God. We're often reminded that it is the Lord who fights our battles, who opens up doors, and who provides opportunities that no man can open or provide. It is the Lord who positions us in the right location for victory, both spiritually and physically. When we build our lives, our families, and our nation 
on the rock that is Jesus Christ. We are better because of it. Although there are times we go through the wilderness and try to find what way is up, the Lord is with us. We are often reminded that we need to be led by the Lord and we must make an appeal to heaven. How many times do we find ourselves in the wilderness? How many times do we find ourselves tired, worn, hungry, and hanging on by a thread? A thread that goes by the name of hope. How many times do we find that we try to stand up for what is right and feel like anything we say falls on deaf ears? Like the soldiers mentioned earlier in the beginning of this episode, we must continue on and trust in the Lord as we go forward into the unknown with confidence in the Lord and with the faith as our guide. The Lord Almighty was with this country back then, and the Lord Almighty is with us now. We once again have to make an appeal to heaven. We must fight for what is right and stand for truth, justice, liberty, and one nation under God. Like the Revolutionary War, we can't stand idly by and expect things to change. The only change that takes place when we sit on the sidelines and do not take a stand is that the enemy gains ground and infiltrates every aspect of our lives. The devil has gained way too much ground in this nation. The devil has attacked our families, our communities, our schools, our laws, our government, our churches, and even our morals. Instead of being united as one body in Christ and being united as a nation, we are divided as ever. Every aspect of our culture has now been hit by the enemy. The devil has not only infiltrated this wonderful nation, but he has also gone on an all-out blitz to try and take us down. But let me remind you, friend, this nation was founded on Christian values, and we trust in God. Sometimes we must go into the wilderness to be tested and then come out stronger and more prepared for the moments ahead. If Jesus was tested in the wilderness, we too will be tested in the wilderness. If Jesus fought his battles with the word of God, then we too must fight our battles with the word of God. Recently, many have faced challenges and trials that they did not see coming. They were tested in the wilderness. Now it's time to come out of the wilderness. We must fight for our families, fight for what is right, and stand on the word of God. Our fight consists of loving one another, building each other up, and being there for one another. Our fight consists of seeking the Lord in all that we do. And our fight must include us down on our knees in prayer and with us reading, speaking, and living the word of God each and every day. We must go where he leads us and be prepared for battle and whatever challenge comes our way. We are called to a mission, and that mission goes through the wilderness, where we will be tested and where we will face trial after trial. But friends, victory will follow. Today our reading comes out of Exodus chapters 5 through 7. We will see Moses and Aaron going to the Pharaoh in Egypt and telling him 
to let God's people go. Instead, Pharaoh doubles down and makes life even more difficult for God's people. They'll be forced to work more and not be idle, having time to rest and to seek God. Then we'll see that God promises deliverance, even as situations get worse. We'll see how the Lord will make himself known, how he will redeem his people, and that he will bring them out from their burdens and establish a covenant with them. Then we'll see how the Lord will fight on our behalf as we see the start of the plagues. Like George, like General George Washington and his soldiers crossing over the river and preparing for a sneak attack. We read about those whom the Lord sent to lead his people out of Egypt. Today, we may not read all of the plagues and see the final result. However, what we do know is that the Lord brought them out of Egypt. Today, we will see the following themes. One, the Lord is with us as we face our trials and as we go into the wilderness. Two, the Lord will fight our battles. And three, the Lord will make himself known to us as we go forward in the plans he has for us. Please turn your Bibles to Exodus chapters 5 through 7. We will be reading out of the English Standard Version. Exodus chapter 5, Making Bricks Without Straw Afterward, Moses and Aaron went and said to Pharaoh, Thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, let my people go, that they may hold a feast to me in the wilderness. But Pharaoh said, Who is the Lord that I should obey his voice and let Israel go? I do not know the Lord, and moreover, I will not let Israel go. Then they said, the God of the Hebrews has met with us. Please, let us go a three days journey into the wilderness, that we may sacrifice to the Lord our God, lest he fall upon us with pestilence or with the sword. But the king of Egypt said to them, Moses and Aaron, why do you take the people away from their work? Get back to your burdens. And Pharaoh said, Behold, the people of the land are now many, and you make them rest with their burdens. The same day Pharaoh commanded the taskmasters of the people and their foremen, you shall no longer give the people straw to make bricks, as in the past. Let them go and gather straw for themselves. But the number of bricks that they made in the past, you shall impose on them. You shall by no means reduce it, for they are idle. Therefore they cry, let us go and offer sacrifice to our God. Let heavier work be laid on the men, and they may labor at it, and pay no regard to lying words. So the taskmasters and the foremen of the people went out and said to the people, Thus says Pharaoh, I will not give you straw. Go and get your straw yourselves, and wherever you can find it, but your work will not be reduced in the least. So the people were scattered throughout all the land of Egypt to gather stubble for straw. 
The taskmasters were urgent, saying, Complete your work, your daily task each day as when there was straw. And the foremen of the people of Israel, whom Pharaoh's taskmasters had sent over them, were beaten and were asked, Why have you not done all your task of making bricks today and yesterday as in the past? Then the foremen of the people of Israel came and cried to Pharaoh, Why do you treat your servants like this? No straw is given to your servants, yet they say to us, Make bricks. And behold, your servants are beaten, but the fault is in your own people. But he said, You are idle. You are idle. That is why you say, Let us go and sacrifice to the Lord. Go now and work. No straw will be given to you, but you must still deliver the same number of bricks. The foremen of the people of Israel saw that they were in trouble when they said, You shall by no means reduce your number of bricks, your daily task each day. They met Moses and Aaron, who were waiting for them as they came out from Pharaoh. And they said to them, The Lord look on you and judge, because you have made us stink in the sight of Pharaoh and his servants, and have put a sword in their hand to kill us. Then Moses turned to the Lord and said, O Lord, why have you done evil to this people? Why did you ever send me? For since I came to Pharaoh to speak in your name, he has done evil to the people, and you have not delivered your people at all. Exodus chapter 6 God promises deliverance Verse 1 But the Lord said to Moses Now you shall see what I will do to Pharaoh For with a strong hand he will send them out And with a strong hand he will drive them out of his land God spoke to Moses and said to him I am the Lord I appeared to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob As God Almighty But by my name, the Lord, I did not make myself known to them. I also established my covenant with them to give them the land of Canaan, the land in which they lived as sojourners. Moreover, I have heard the groaning of the people of Israel, whom the Egyptians hold as slaves, and I have remembered my covenant. Say therefore to the people of Israel, I am the Lord, And I will bring you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians. And I will deliver you from the slavery to them. And I will redeem you with an outstretched arm and with great acts of judgment. I will take you to be my people and I will be your God. And you shall know that I am the Lord your God, who has brought you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians. I will bring you into the land that I swore to give to Abraham, to Isaac and to Jacob. I will give it to you for a possession. I am the Lord. Moses spoke thus to the people of Israel, but they did not listen to Moses because of their broken spirit and harsh slavery. So the Lord said to Moses, Go in, tell Pharaoh king of Egypt to let the people of Israel go out of his land. But Moses said to the Lord, Behold, the people of Israel have not listened to me. How then shall 
Pharaoh listened to me, for I am of uncircumcised lips. But the Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron and gave them a charge about the people of Israel and about Pharaoh, king of Egypt, to bring the people of Israel out of the land of Egypt. The Genealogy of Moses and Aaron Verse 14 These are the heads of their father's houses, the sons of Reuben, the firstborn of Israel, Hanok, Palu, Hezron, and Carmi. These are the clans of Reuben. The sons of Simeon, Jemuel, Jamin, Ohad, Jachin, Zohar, and Shal, the son of a Canaanite woman. These are the clans of Simeon. These are the names of the sons of Levi, according to their generations. Gershon, Kohath, Merari, the years of the life of Levi being 137 years. The sons of Gershon, Libni, and Shimei, by their clans. The sons of Kohath, Amram, Ezar, Hebron, and Uziel. The years of the life of Kohath being 133 years. The sons of Merari, Malai, and Mushai. These are the clans of the Levites, according to their generations. Amram took as his wife Jochebed, his father's sister, and she bore him Aaron and Moses. The years of the life of Amram being 137 years. The sons of Izar, Korah, Nepheg, and Zechariah, the sons of Uziel, Mishael, Elzaphan, and Sithri. Aaron took as his wife Elisheba, the daughter of Aminadab, and the sister of Nashon. And she bore him Nadab, Abihu, Eleazar, and Ithamar. The sons of Korah, Asir, Elkanah, and Abiasaph. These are the clans of Korites. Eleazar, Aaron's son, took as his wife one of the daughters of Putiel, and she bore him Phineas. These are the heads of the fathers' houses of the Levites by their clans. These are the Aaron and Moses, to whom the Lord said, Bring out the people of Israel from the land of Egypt by their hosts. It was they who spoke to Pharaoh king of Egypt, about bringing out the people of Israel from Egypt, this Moses and this Aaron. On the day when the Lord spoke to Moses in the land of Egypt, the Lord said to Moses, I am the Lord. Tell Pharaoh king of Egypt all that I say to you. But Moses said to the Lord, Behold, I am of uncircumcised lips. How will Pharaoh listen to me? Exodus chapter 7 Moses and Aaron before Pharaoh Verse 1 And the Lord said to Moses, See, I made you like God to Pharaoh, and your brother Aaron shall be your prophet. You shall speak all that I command you. And your brother Aaron shall tell Pharaoh to let the people of Israel go out of this land. 
but I will harden Pharaoh's heart. And though I multiply my signs and wonders in the land of Egypt, Pharaoh will not listen to you. Then I'll lay my hand on Egypt and bring my hosts, my people, the children of Israel, out of the land of Egypt by great acts of judgment. The Egyptians shall know that I am the Lord when I stretch out my hand against Egypt and bring out the people of Israel from among them. Moses and Aaron did so. They did just as the Lord commanded them. Now Moses was 80 years old and Aaron 83 years old when they spoke to Pharaoh. Then the Lord said to Moses and Aaron, When Pharaoh says to you, Prove yourselves by working a miracle, then you shall say to Aaron, Take your staff and cast it down before Pharaoh, that it may become a serpent. So Moses and Aaron went to Pharaoh and did just as the Lord commanded. Aaron cast down a staff before Pharaoh and his servants, and it became a serpent. Then Pharaoh summoned the wise men and the sorcerers, and they, the magicians of Egypt, also did the same by their secret arts. For each man cast down a staff, and they became serpents. But Aaron's staff swallowed up their staffs. Still, Pharaoh's heart was hardened, and he would not listen to them as the Lord had said. The first plague, water turned to blood. Verse 14. Then the Lord said to Moses, Pharaoh's heart is hardened. He refuses to let the people go. Go to Pharaoh in the morning, as he is going out to the water. Stand on the bank of the Nile to meet him, and take in your hand the staff that turned into a serpent. And you shall say to him, The Lord, the God of the Hebrews, sent me to you, saying, Let my people go that they may serve me in the wilderness. But so far, you have not obeyed. Thus says the Lord, By this you shall know that I am the Lord. Behold, with the staff that is in my hand, I will strike the water that is in the Nile, and it shall turn into blood. The fish in the Nile shall die, and the Nile will stink, and the Egyptians will grow weary of drinking water from the Nile. And the Lord said to Moses, Say to Aaron, Take your staff and stretch out your hand over the waters of Egypt, over their rivers, their canals, and their ponds, and all their pools of water, so that they may become blood. And there shall be blood throughout all the land of Egypt, even in the vessels of wood and in the vessels of stone. Moses and Aaron did as the Lord commanded. In the sight of Pharaoh and in the sight of his servants, he lifted up the staff and struck the water in the Nile and all the water in the Nile turned into blood. And the fish in the Nile died, and the Nile stank, so that the Egyptians could not drink water from the Nile. There was blood throughout all the land of Egypt, but the magicians of Egypt did the same by their secret arts. So Pharaoh's heart remained hardened, and he would not listen to them, as the Lord had said. Pharaoh turned and went into his house, and he did not take even this to heart. And all the Egyptians dug along the Nile for water to drink, for they could not drink the water of the Nile. Seven full days passed after the Lord had struck the Nile.
So that was our scripture reading for today. Now let's observe what it was saying. Let's apply it to our lives, and then we will pray. For today's Bible reading, you'll notice that I stopped right after the beginning of the plagues. Right when Pharaoh would not listen to God because his heart was hardened. And because of that, many people struggled, had pain, and suffered. Every time Moses and Aaron went to Pharaoh, they would say, let God's people go. And yet Pharaoh would not listen. Matter of fact, he would double down, giving more pain and suffering for God's people. Right in the beginning, God knew that Pharaoh would not listen and that his heart would become hardened. Sometimes it takes difficult situations, heartaches, frustration, and all that suffering to remind us that we need the Lord's help and that we can't do this life without him. In difficult times, you may find that you blame God or that you may feel he tempted you or someone else. However, we know that that is simply not true. You see, God may test us, but he does not tempt us. God will allow difficult situations to happen so that the testing of our faith and the situation we are in will turn us back to him. It will help us grow and be better because of it. We become more steadfast, loyal, faithful, committed in our walk with Jesus Christ. We become aware that we are strengthened through Christ and that we lack nothing for the situation that we find ourselves in. If we don't know what to do or if we find that we need wisdom for what we face, we must make a point to ask God. That means that the Bible better be opened, it should be read, written in, and the pages turned. Our time worrying or the time we spend in anger should actually be replaced by our time in prayer. Your enemies need to be prayed for. Your friends should be prayed for. And the same goes for you, your family, your community, and this nation. We must seek the Lord in all that we do and follow His ways. James chapter 1, verses 2 through 8 says, Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds. For you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. And let steadfastness have its full effect, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God, who gives generously to all without reproach, and it will be given. But let him ask in faith, with no doubting. For the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea that is driven and tossed by the wind. For that person must not suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. Next, James 1, verses 12 through 15. Blessed is the man who remains steadfast under trial. For when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life, which God has promised to those who love him. Let no one say when he is tempted, I am being tempted by God. For God cannot be tempted with evil, and he himself tempts no one. But each person is tempted when he is lured and enticed by his own desire. Then desire, when it is conceived, gives birth to sin, and sin, when it is fully grown, brings forth death. 
Today, there are many people divided, seeking for truth and trying to solve everything the best they know how, either reacting through their own emotions and feelings, making decisions based on their own version of truth and righteousness, or it may be that their hearts have become hardened. Look around you. Many have decided to follow the sinful and wicked ways of this world instead of following Jesus Christ. Many vote for flawed candidates in policies that are completely against God and His Word. Matter of fact, some politicians have booed God at their conferences. Others have taken out swearing on the Bible. And others will simply not allow Jesus to be named or worshipped. And this has taken place in our very own country, the United States of America. America, it's time to wake up. We need to make an appeal to heaven. You see, these things didn't happen overnight. The culture in our foundation as a nation has slowly eroded. With each vote and each time someone remained silent and did not take a stand, more and more erosion took place. Brick by brick, we built this nation. Vote by vote, we are tearing it down. How did we get here? How have we gotten so far away from our Christian roots? How has God been removed from basically every fabric of our lives? This has happened because many have turned away from their faith for one reason or another. Many have fallen or changed their stance of cultural norms instead of biblical standards. Unfortunately, that includes our government and churches. Yes, I said churches. Sometimes the reason is that we have become too proud and we focus on our own selfish ways. And sometimes it's because we have enjoyed following the sinful ways of this world. According to John chapter 10, verse 10, the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. This is taking place today in 2020. The thief, the devil, has used many to erode the Christian values of this nation and to divide and conquer families and communities. We are now at a crossroads. We either turn back to Jesus and follow God, or we let the devil have his way, stealing, looting, burning, destroying, and killing. Whether that is in the womb, in the city, or through the laws, lives are being destroyed. Christian, today it's time to turn back to God. It's time to take a stand for what is right and what is moral, and stand upon that sturdy foundation that foundation built on nothing less than Jesus Christ in our faithfulness. It is time to arise, to take a stand, pray, vote, and fight for what we believe and what the Lord says we must do. In any fight, there are casualties and loss. This fight will be no different. We will lose friends, family, jobs, and may likely be sanctioned, thrown in jail, persecuted, and or killed for just following Jesus. That time is not coming, it's here. Many are asking when the second civil war might take place. But friends, we are fighting a war right now. You may not see it, 
but it's there. It is a spiritual war, one between good and evil, Jesus and the devil, and eternity in heaven or hell. I can tell you without a doubt, it will be difficult to stay faithful and to take a stand, but it's worth it. There are many leading on a path that goes straight to hell, but we must do what we can to save those who are going in that wrong direction before the time is too late. In life, in battle, and every time we step out our front door, another day is not promised. Take a stand. Do not waver on your faith and follow Jesus today. This is our appeal to heaven. We can't do this without you, Lord. We love you and those whom you called us to reach with the gospel. We know that there will be trials, but yet we will still go. In Exodus chapter 5, we see in the very first two sentences where Moses and Aaron went forward as called. But Pharaoh could care less why they were there. He would hear what they had to say and would tell them, Who is the Lord that I should obey his voice and let Israel go? Immediately, the two sent by the Lord were stopped in their tracks, and the person in authority over the Lord's people was questioning why he should obey God. Now, how many people and how many leaders in our nation and around the world ask themselves that very question on why they should obey God? There are many that will do what they please, even if that includes disobedience or hardening their hearts and turning away from God. From there, the two sent to speak with Pharaoh requested that they and the Lord's people be able to go into the wilderness to make a sacrifice to the Lord, as they would do in those times. They also mentioned that the Lord would send pestilence if this did not happen. Well, as we all know, the pestilence came. But prior to that, Pharaoh would not only listen to what they had to say, but then he would, in return, make life more difficult for the Lord's people. He would go to the taskmasters and the foremen and tell them that instead of making bricks and straw like they were doing before, he would say, no longer give the people straw to make bricks as in the past. Let them go and gather straw for themselves. But the number of bricks that they made in the past, you shall impose on them. You shall by no means reduce it, for they are idle. Now, prior to today's reading, in Exodus 4.1, Moses was speaking with the Lord and he said, But behold, they will not believe me or listen to my voice, for they will say, The Lord did not appear to you. I believe that line right there is very important as we read Exodus 5-7 through 7, and as we stand on the word of God today. There will be many times where as believers, we stand on the word of God and many ignore or hate what is spoken. They will mock us. They will tear us down. They will label us an extremist, hateful, homophobic, anti-loving, non-accepting, a fascist, and much more. When one speaks against the norm, you're going against the grain. It will be unpopular. You'll be shamed and you'll be challenged. 
But that doesn't mean that those labels and those views against you were true. As we know in Isaiah 5.20, there will be those who call evil good and good evil. And they will twist and turn your words to fit a narrative that they can use to fit their agendas and go against God's word. Sure, there are always those who are sometimes extreme in their ways, but the majority who stand on God's word will not be listened to and will be labeled as hateful, even when they use the true word of God, the very scripture that was there to guide each and every one of our lives. As we read in Exodus chapter 5, we found out that the foremen of the people of Israel came and cried out to Pharaoh after telling the people that they would no longer get straw for their work, but must continue to produce as many bricks as they did before, but under much more difficult situations. If they did not reach their goals, they'd be beaten in addition to being worn out for that extra work they had to do. You see, the straw was an important part of brick building. It would actually add stability to the bricks and allow for uh, a much quicker drying process. The straw would act like rebar does in concrete today. However, both time and strength would be sacrificed in the brick making process so that the people of Israel would be punished. Punished for wanting to serve and make a sacrifice to the Lord their God. Over time, the foreman realized that the people of Israel were in deep trouble. They would try and speak out, but the Pharaoh would not listen. How many times do we find ourselves in that place? That place where you know that you must speak up and help make something right, but others will not listen to you. Or they will punish you or others if you do speak up. Like this time, we too have fallen in the trap of being silent and allowing the conditions to get worse. As we find ourselves in this position, we might be blaming God, even though that is far from true. Matter of fact, in Exodus chapter 5, verses 22, we see that Moses was doing just that. Moses found that he was in a dire situation where the people were being severely punished. And Pharaoh, the authority figure in charge, had his heart hardened and brought this on after hearing what God commanded him to do, to let God's people go. Exodus 5, 22 through 23 says, Then Moses turned to the Lord and said, O Lord, why have you done evil to this people? Why did you ever send me? For since I came to Pharaoh to speak in your name, he has done evil to this people, and you have not delivered your people at all. Ouch. Now let's discuss Exodus chapter 6, starting with verse 1, where God promises deliverance. Verse 1 reads, But the Lord said to Moses, Now you shall see what I do to Pharaoh, for with a strong hand he will send them out, and with a strong hand he will drive them out of his land. So as we can see, we went from Moses being frustrated and asking the Lord why he did this evil to the people. And then the Lord responding to Moses, saying 
that he will now see what the Lord God will do with Pharaoh. In other words, the Lord saying, watch me move and watch me make the promise I made and fulfill that promise. I see two very important lessons when comparing Exodus chapter 5 and chapter 6. First, the Lord will allow us to go through hardships to teach us and to test us. Second, the Lord will follow through on His promises, but it will be on His timeline in His way. We will have trials, and that is why we must be there for one another and seek the Lord, our God. Exodus chapter 6, verses 5 through 8. It says, Moreover, I have heard the groaning of the people of Israel, whom the Egyptians hold as slaves, and I have remembered my covenant. Say therefore to the people of Israel, I am the Lord, and will bring you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians, and I will deliver you from slavery to them, and I will redeem you with an outstretched arm and with great acts of judgment. I will take you back. I will take you to be my people, and I will be your God. And you shall know that I am the Lord your God, who has brought you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians. I will bring you into the land that I swore to give to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob. I will give it to you for a possession. I am the Lord. Here in these verses, we see that God talks about his covenant with his people and that he hears the groaning taking place. This is important for us to remember because there will be many times where we feel like God has distanced himself from us and is nowhere to be found and flat out doesn't care. However, those very things that we tell ourselves are lies. And we say these things when we are faced with adversity and difficult seasons in our lives. These are the thoughts that go through our heads when we face criticism, when standing on the Word of God, when we are mocked, when we are speaking the Word of God, and persecuted for following the Word of God. But we must remember, the Lord hears our groans, our cries, and our prayers. He will also remember His promises and the plans He has for us. But the question is this, do we continue to believe that when it's not on our timeline or when we face trials? I find the next verse very telling and very similar to what we see today. Chapter 6, verse 9 reads, Moses spoke thus to the people of Israel, but they did not listen to Moses because of their broken spirit and harsh slavery. The people did not listen to God's word that was spoken through Moses. They did not listen because of the trials and their hurts. Their spirit was broken, and they couldn't move past those hurts. They may have forgiven others for their wrongs, but they dwell on the past and keep their focus on the hurts instead of the word of God and the promises that he will keep. Now, I'm no stranger to this. Even after forgiving others, I too hold on to the scars of the past and allow those scars to unfortunately dictate whether I truly believe in the plans God has for me and whether he will do what he says. I will take those past hurts and then ignore or doubt past prophecies or words spoken over me 
I will take those hurts and those past scars, and I will use that to cloud my judgment and create a new obstacle or a hindrance for me to move beyond before I can truly move forward. So really, verse 9 shows us the importance of forgiving others and moving past the hurts. Otherwise, we may not truly hear from the Lord the way we should. Exodus 6, verses 10 through 13 says, So the Lord said to Moses, Go in, tell Pharaoh, king of Egypt, to let the people of Israel go out of his land. But Moses said to the Lord, Behold, the people of Israel have not listened to me. How then shall Pharaoh listen to me? For I am of uncircumcised lips. But the Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron and gave them a charge about the people of Israel and about Pharaoh, king of Egypt, to bring the people of Israel out of the land of Egypt. In these verses, I see that the Lord once again went to Moses, even though he incorrectly blamed God for doing evil. And he grew frustrated with being ignored by those with whom he was sent to speak with. But as we read here, the Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron and gave them a charge or a command to lead the people out of Egypt. That means the Lord heard the cries of the people and also the cries and concerns of those with whom he sent to deliver those people and commanded them to deliver and keep on going. Personally, I found myself in this situation many times. I'll reach out to churches and ministries, worship leaders, and many others, and go forward as the Lord has called me, uniting the body of Christ to help people in need. But I've gotten used to being denied, doors shut, used for my ideas, and flat out ignored. I have many times quit temporarily and focused on the negatives and the scars. But then God will give me a charge and remind me of the calling. You see, God hears the cries and the groans of his people and those who follow him. The mission is too important and too vital to quit. As we know, the harvest is plenty, but the laborers are few. Therefore, we must not quit and we must take a stand and we must go forward. Scars, promises, and all. The missions that the Lord calls us to are far too important to stop. As a nation and as people and followers of Christ, we are as divided as ever. And the souls of every man, woman, and child are way too important for us to remain silent and just let the world take over. We must make a stand and we must make an appeal to heaven. Here is our appeal, our prayer, and our cries. Help us, Lord. Give us strength. Send us those to help us on our journey. Father, have your will be done. Now that we've read scripture and observed what it was saying, how do we apply this to our lives? One, whether people listen or not, you must continue to go forward as God commanded. Two, know that we are all called to share the gospel and to love our neighbor. No matter your age, background, or past, you are called to go forward. Three, keep our focus on God 
no matter what the situation that we find ourselves in. Even in the difficult times, remember that God will keep his promises and he hears our cries. And four, we must be united as one body in Christ. As a nation, we must reflect that unity and that love that we are called to do. Sometimes, that love means speaking up even when it is difficult, and also being able to communicate with those with whom we disagree with. Let's end in prayer. Father, we thank you for this time together and the message you spoke to us through Exodus chapters 5 through 7. Let us be reminded of what it's like when a nation turns away from you. Let us be reminded of what it's like when leaders have their hearts hardened and do not follow your commands. God, help us grow closer to you. Help us turn from our wicked ways and seek you continuously. Have our ways be your ways, and have your love and grace be lifted up. Help us be united. Help us be a country founded on your word and your ways. When people go out of their front doors, let us be willing to take a stand for what is right and to not be intimidated to share about you, Jesus. Father, have your way in this nation once again. Have your will be done in our elections, both nationally and locally. Have your will be done in our legislative, executive, and judicial branches. Have your will be done in our schools, in our families. Have your will be done in our lives. Open up our eyes to see and our ears to hear what it is that you want, Lord. May you be a part of every aspect of our lives, and may we be united once again. United with you, Lord, and united as a nation. One nation under God. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. that the Lord has placed on my heart for a few weeks now and I knew it had to get out before the election uh, we don't know what's coming our way we don't know what tests and trials will be there we don't know um, what evil we will see but I can tell you this there will be a lot of good things we can see as well the Lord's hand is still on this nation we are one nation under God and it's time that we start acting like that again. Thank you for your time. God bless. Thank you for listening to Anchor for My Soul podcast. If you would like to help us reach further and hear daily content in the near future, we ask that you share this podcast with your friends and also consider becoming a financial partner. 
to help us reach further for Jesus and to share the word. We are blessed to have listeners who pray for us and go make a difference in the kingdom. Please check out our website, www.anchorformysoulpodcast.com, where we have our past episodes, information about the podcast, and even who I am. If you so feel led to become a financial partner, you can either go to our website or you can go to anchor.fm backslash anchor for my soul podcast. Together we make a difference. God bless.